2: Looks like a different player than last season but it not maybe hasn't carried over into regular season yet so i i get it
1: if he played for anybody else we wouldn't even be talking about him you think yeah yep ah. that's how i feel about him
3: this is the fantasy soccer podcast from rotowire.com your premier source for fantasy sports for player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com/slash soccer. And now here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and JD Bazo.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of RotoWire. Joined on this Thursday, March 28th, by Skylar Redpath to talk about Saturday's five-game Major League Soccer Slate. Skylar, um, last week was not as fun for major league soccer because of the international break, but we're, we're kind of back to the full swing right now.
2: Yeah. Back at it. It's, it's it's like from one extreme to the other, we had what five or six games and now it feels like every team on the slates out, out there. And it's it's a weird, a weird one too. Cause a lot of the, uh, heavy favorites are on the road. Like most of the heavy favorites are on the road, it feels like.
1: Yeah, for sure. Over the, over the full week, uh, But I don't know. I've heard things that you should never play road players in major league soccer.
2: (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'm actually a a proponent of that strategy, but I would, I wouldn't say that that's, you know, a a method that you should say is like a staple. I mean, obviously if there's a a matchup to exploit and it's a road team, then yeah, by all means roll that player out. If he's going to get you fantasy points. All
1: right. We're going to test that um, for this DraftKings slate uh, on Saturday. We've got, Uh, like I said, it's five games. Uh, it starts at seven 30 Eastern with uh, Atlanta at Columbus and Philly at Cincinnati. And then two games at nine o'clock Houston at Colorado, Dallas at RSL. And then the last game for your late game hammers, Seattle at Vancouver, uh, the going through, it seems like we still have a few decent value plays. They're not quite as cheap as they were in the first, uh, no two or three weeks of the season, but, uh, It doesn't seem like it's going to be all that difficult to get um, Nicholas Ladero, who comes in at 11-5, by far the most expensive player in the slate, but he's playing away. So what are your thoughts on Ladero?
2: I'm not hesitating playing him on the road. He's been, I mean, he started out the season just um, without skipping a beat from last year. He was kind of the go-to guy in cash games, especially since he's got that multi-position eligibility as a forward and yeah I mean that's where we're starting again this week he's he's, uh, the most expensive player on the slate but um, you've got that safety net of you know pretty much a monopoly of Seattle's set pieces Um, I think you know there might be a a couple that get sniped here and there but yeah I mean he, he does it all crosses shots fouls drawn scores some goals assists here and there so that's uh, the epitome of a cash game forward um, <laughs> that you that you would pay up for. And Vancouver has not been a team that, you know, you want to shy away from in a matchup. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind playing them on the road.
1: Yeah. It does seem like we have a decent number of cash forwards this week. Um, Ladero is obviously the best one, but we've got guys like Yordi Reyna in the same game um, is pretty good. Uh, Ramel Chiodo, uh-huh. uh who's – away to Columbus I mean sorry Colorado um right so
2: Reyna left a bad taste in my mouth last, last game I'm not sure uh, I'm going back here
1: I, actually, I understand
2: uh, yeah I think he came off in the 67th minute um Vancouver was actually I think they, they scored a goal or two that game and he just he wasn't involved at all yeah uh, it just yeah it was one of those that He's one of those guys that I, I'm always hesitant to play, but on certain slates, he feels like the right play because he's, you know, he's kind of that borderline cash forward that he does have some set pieces. But um, yeah, he had he had one of those games last week that kind of reminds me of why I'd, I'd try to stay away from him as much as I can. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, um, I uh, I hear that. I mean, I'm looking. I, I kind of kept looking. We got Michael Barrios. Uh, we talked about um, Dylan Serna last week. And he ended up with uh, almost 11 points without a goal or assist, which was pretty nice. But the one that jumped out at me, who's a guy that really isn't usually a cash play in the traditional sense, but it was like almost shocking to see Josef Martinez at only 7,400.
2: Yeah, I think all of the Atlanta guys are kind of, I think just with the bad start to the season, I think their price tags are a little bit depressed compared to what we're used to seeing. Yeah. I guess rightfully so i mean um i think martinez still has that uh you know just that attacking upside that he could spring for a hat trick any given game but um the matchup at columbus is one that i usually try to avoid um playing against Mm -hmm. so this might be one that um, i shy away from but uh, i mean i think there's a what max entry of seven on this uh mls corner kick gpp so I would say that I might have some exposure to him, but with only seven lineups, only seven builds, I don't know if I will.
1: It's actually 10.
2: Ah, so, okay. So, yeah, maybe I can... <laughs> maybe you can sneak a, a little 10%. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: Yeah, it's, it's a little weird because uh, I think they're actually... Columbus is the biggest favorite on the slate. There's no, like, overwhelming favorite, and we only have five games. But it's kind of crazy to see Atlanta... Like defending MLS Cup champs be so expectedly overmatched, but it's that still doesn't like. Does it push you to think that you'll actually have Jace Zardas ahead of Joseph Martinez?
2: <laughs> I mean, apparently he's the uh, the striker of the of the future for the uh, U.S. national team. So why, why aren't we going to roll him out here on this slate? Really, uh, uh, really, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's kind of weird too seeing uh, Zardes have that forward midfielder eligibility,
4: Mm -hmm.
2: um, just the way that he plays, you know, basically that point forward and that set up. But um, no, I definitely won't have exposure to Jassy Zardes. I mean, whatever, small slate or something with a a better matchup, then maybe I'll have some exposure to him. But I'm just – I'm not going there. Um, I rarely do with Zardes. So um, looking on down the list, though, I mean – in that same price range as Joseph Martinez. I do like Freddie Montero, 7,200. I guess you could say it's a little bit of a re- revenge game with Seattle coming to town.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he took a, pen- took a penalty kick in their last game and scored. So he's on PKs for Vancouver. We know that. Um, he's a little bit of a goal dependent forward, but I mean, I could see this game. I could see some goals in this game. Um, I watched the uh, Chicago Seattle game where Seattle won 4 2. Um, But Chicago actually were peppering with shots, and I think that um, had a little bit to do with Seattle jumping out to an early lead, just kind of absorbing some of uh, Chicago's pressure trying to come back. But um, who's to say that that doesn't happen in this game, too? I I think it could be pretty open. Vancouver's been pretty pretty vulnerable at the back, and Seattle's attack has looked probably uh, arguably the best in the league to start the season, so... Um, I don't mind um, some expo- exposure to Montero here, and then right below him is Jordan Morris at seventy one hundred. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's kind of pick your poison with some of the, the Vancouver and Seattle attackers. Um, I don't mind um, either of those guys.
1: Yeah, Seattle, at least early on, and maybe we're reading a little too much into the, the last week's game because they jumped out to that lead, but it seems like at this point, the goal is to just outscore everybody. And so if that's kind of the case, you should be able to play both sides of any game that they have that against like a reasonable opponent. So I, I like that Montero yeah. call a little bit.
2: Hmm. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, it feels like they're a team to target just uh, the matchup in general, just run it back with whoever they're playing and, um, you know, collect the points on both sides. So, mm-hmm.
1: um, Which game do you think, Gives us more guys we would want to play the Houston Colorado game, and I can't believe I'm actually saying that, or the Dallas RSL one. Ooh,
2: uh, man, it's a tough call. I mean, I like, uh, feel like this is kind of a bounce back spot for RSL just yeah. because they've, they've sputtered out of the gate, but um, they're getting their guys back from international duty suspension. Tyranus so come back from suspension, but again, it's a it's a tough matchup. Um, Dallas is a team that I. would usually try to avoid playing against. Um, and then, yeah, on that Houston-Colorado game, that's an interesting one too. It feels like I'm still trying to to read both of these team co- teams. Colorado, they do look bad, um, but they're at home. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you got that, that going for them for what that's worth. Um, I don't know. I mean, on this slate in general, like those are probably the two games – that I might have the least exposure to.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't ever seem to get Dallas right. Like the uh, their game last week, it I ended up going with Aaron Gee instead of Pamukkaw, and I was like, oh, well, I think uh, Aaron Gee will have set pieces, so I'll be fine. And like he did have set pieces, but Pamukkaw was so much better. And it's like yeah. Berrios you always have to kind of pay for, and he's a little cheaper actually this week than than he has been. But I don't know, it just seems like you're, you're just guessing with Dallas and I kind of get the same feeling with Houston, but for some reason, I feel like if you get the Houston guys right, like you get a ton of points. Like if you just get that right Kyoto game or, um, it's usually Kyoto, I guess, theoretically Minotis could, but not usually for a floor, but the Dallas guys, it's like, if you get it right, you get like seven points.
2: Yeah. Barrios kind of, fits the same mold of, uh. Yordi Reyna a little bit for me like he's sometimes he's on set pieces if the the scenario if if everything sets up right in the lineup for him Um, but if he's not then you know he could he could easily come away with like two points I mean he's he's a guy that's not really a high volume shooter Um, even though he does you know get out on the wing here and there he doesn't cross a ton in open play and so um, I think this last game I mean it feels like that goal that he scored was really probably the not, I'm not looking at the game log, but that, that seemed like that was like the extent of his production. Yep. Um, and so much. he's not a guy that I love to roll out. Um, he's, you know, he, he again, he kind of fits that mold of like Yorty and Like he's in the back of my head. Like he could turn up with a, a good set piece or, but um, more times than not, it seems like I'm on the wrong side of that. So
1: yeah. Yeah. And, I feel that.
2: Yeah. I mean, and then you mentioned Kyoto. I, I want to say I saw something about him being sent home early from international duty with an injury. Um, not 100% there, but just something, I guess, to maybe monitor mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're thinking about rolling him out or building okay. around him. Um, keep an eye on that. And um, other than that in the Houston attack, I mean, Albert Delise, he had a monster game his last time out. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, kind of just flash his, his ceiling, I'd say. That was almost a ceiling game for him. He had a goal and two assists. Um, several shots and crosses, so kind of showed what he can do. Um, that's what I was hoping he would have done on uh, opening day on that right. big you
4: know,
2: <laughs> big contest. I think I came in third and he, he put up five points mm-hmm. for me. That, that would have been nice to, to have that thirty points that game. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. That. Um,
2: but you know, that's that again. It shows kind of the volatility that Elise brings to a lineup. Like he's he's uh, got the ability to explode, but he could also just Disappear and, and turn up with five points at the end of ninety minutes. So, yeah.
1: uh, speaking of inconsistency, but a guy who can blow up at any minute, we're a week removed from a monster David ACOM game. Um, Philadelphia going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati actually looks a little better than I think we were all expecting, but Philly had looks pretty looked great with ACOM um, last weekend. I mean, fifty eight hundred. If he gets another start, I don't know how you don't give him another start. But um, what are your thoughts on a com?
2: Yeah, a com is interesting. I mean, I think both these teams. Um, there's just kind of a lot of question marks with the you know all the players returning from international duty and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of on the same side as you, Andrew. I just don't see how you can. The guy scores a brace, and um, you know he's got the momentum going for him. Um, Philadelphia has looked, you know, decent up until that point. I think they had a draw at Atlanta, but, mm-hmm. you know, this is kind of like a, felt like a little bit of a um, turning point for them. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like you got to give the hot, you got to ride the hot hand, as uh, cheesy as that sounds. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, I, I still, as good as Cincinnati's looked, I'm still not 100%, um, you know, on board just that they're the, they're a team to, Fade or stay away from as far as like playing against them in fantasy. So yep. um, I think a comet 5800 is, is a good play. And yeah, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on the starting lineup because I do like the play. There's another guy in the same game.
1: I know where you're going uh, with this.
2: Yeah, so 4600.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Um, this is another guy I'm looking for in the starting lineup. But Emmanuel Ledesma um, took all of the set pieces, I believe, last game yep. for FCC. Natty mm-hmm. had, uh, I think he had six corners, had an assist. I mean, just a really good all-around game. And this is a guy that, if he's back in the lineup, then I think you can consider in cash games, um, give you a little bit of salary relief if you're, you know, pairing him with Nico Lidero. Um So yeah, I mean, I'm playing, uh, playing cash games this weekend, and that's the guy that I'm definitely keeping an eye out for.
1: Yeah, the uh, Ledesma was pretty much the 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 piece that you, that I found that I was like, okay, Ladero becomes so much easier now. Right. Um, yeah.
2: And the thing is, I think, um, I think he played kind of a inverted winger. He's like on the left flank, but he was cutting in. Um, and so he's, you know, audie has been out with an injury, but Der Maddox is expected back. I think Alan Cruz, um, Filled that role in the midfield, um, so he's expected to be back. I believe from international duty, so I'm just not sure that he. I mean, he looked great just from watching. I thought he, I thought he gave the attack a nice spark. But um, again, I just with the international players coming back, there's just there's some questions to be answered. So I'm not. I guess I'm saying maybe have a backup plan in, in place because that is the first game of the slate. So, um, you know, we'll know at least we'll know ahead of the the rest of the slate but for sure before we build around them and just, um, lock our lineups. And then I think it's worth kind of having a, a backup plan.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Com is in the first, is in that game obviously also. So we'll know both of those guys right away, but, um, yeah, sure. any others that we forgot? We didn't really touch on Kai Kamara. You I can't believe we let him go. Although home against Houston, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, there are probably going to be so few opportunities this season where I'm like, yeah, I think Kaiser a good play this week over anybody else I could play.
2: Right. I mean, he's a guy that if I'm putting multiple entries in, then I think he's a guy that I might have like one lineup with him floating around in it just, you know, just in case because we know he's he's capable of going off here and there, maybe scoring a brace. Um, And I don't know. I don't feel like Houston's like a great defense mm-hmm. to, to shy away from. So um, I don't mind Kai here, but you've mentioned um, Dylan Cerna earlier, which you guys hit on it last podcast, but it's it's funny to to roll a left back, basically a left wing back out as a forward. But <laughs> yeah. if he's getting open play crosses and he has a little bit of a floor, like I'll, I'd almost rather go there
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, and take like a safe, you know, seven to 10 points rather than um, flip a coin with Kai. He might get you, yeah, twenty or he might get you three. Yeah. So yep. um I don't know. Kai's a tough one, but I might if if it's any uh rapid attacker, then I do like um serna there.
1: Yeah, me too. I actually was wondering if I needed to play Cerna and Ledesma and then just play Ladero in like a midfield spot, but I think it's not quite that bad. There are a few midfielders I think uh that are definitely worth looking at. Um in fact, there are a lot of midfielders that, um, that look pretty good. Um, not even counting Ladero, but you have Victor Rodriguez obviously as teammate. Um, we've got both of the, uh, the crew guys with Pedro Santos or, um, Higuain. Um, we even got a little bit, I don't think he starts again, but we saw a little, uh, peak Ilsenio last week for Philly. Like what's the, uh, Oh, and Roosknock's obviously back, with, but he's got a tough matchup against Dallas. Like, what's yep. the Where are the midfielders that you looked for first?
2: So, I guess starting from the top, I mean, obviously, we're, if we're playing Ladero, it's probably going to be the forward spot. Um, Victor Rodriguez is right there below Ladero. I mean, he brings a, what, $1,500 savings mm-hmm. to the table? So. He's a little bit more. Um, he does. He does a little bit of everything here and there. Um, doesn't quite have the like the crossing and shot floor that you want if you're paying that much. Um, but I mean, the guy had 28 points in the first game of the season and he had two assists. The rest were you know basically all shots, fouls drawn, that kind of thing. So capable of exploding, but I don't know if I want to pay that much. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I, I want some exposure to him. I, um, Demir Krylov. he's a solid play for RSL, but he's a little bit more yeah. uh, goal-dependent. And yeah, I mean, Roosnock, he looks pretty attractive at 7,600. I had a dud uh, in that DC game, but I think that one was, you can kind of cross that one off the, just, I mean, that one was so wacky, just yeah. with all the red cards and um, D.C. was just they were on their game, so yeah, I actually like Rusnak a lot at 7600, even in a, in a relatively tough matchup against FC Dallas. Um, it's yeah, one of those that
1: between like him or Iguain. Yeah, I the the issue I always have with Iguain is that I'm kind of like, why don't I just play Pedro Santos? And then I seem right. to always get the wrong one. I played Pedro Santos for a few weeks, and I'm like, I guess it's Higuain, and then I play him, and then it's like, oh, he's got two points, and Santos has two goals. Uh, I hate yeah, having to choose between those guys. guys.
2: Yeah, they definitely cannibalize each other's um, fantasy upside just with the, the set pieces and, and whatnot. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess Higuain, I don't know. Is it is it Zardes on PKs?
1: It <laughs> looked like it, or look like we're heading so, that
2: way. Ugh. Yeah, it seemed like Higuain might um, – have lost kind of some of that penalty kick mm-hmm. appeal, but uh, um, on down the list, I mean, Memo Rodriguez had a really good game last week. I'm kind of interested to see if he's in the lineup again this week, and if Thomas Martinez isn't, and Memo is, and he's a guy that I'd look at at, at 7,300, he's, he's creeping up a little bit more than I'd probably like to pay for him, yeah. but he's had a couple of pretty nice back-to-back games Um, 31 points last game 17 the game before that so kind of falls into that like david and calm conversation like how do you how do you leave that out of the lineup
1: yeah i agree i don't see i him ending up in my lineup is the problem like that's kind of a i don't know it it seems like a lot when the guy that i keep coming back to and, and i'm gonna assume that he is back this week is marco fabian
2: Yep. Although, yeah, um, although Fabian this week, yeah. I, know JD's, I know JD's rankings have him pretty high. He's got him third for the season-long game, which, uh, I mean, I think you he can, he can uh, basically just translate some of that into daily fantasy as yeah. well, especially with his set-piece set piece upside and that kind of thing for Philly, so um, 7,100 for Fabian. He's going to be fresh. Yeah, I think that's a great shot. I mean... You look at I mean, hopefully people um, not listening to this podcast are looking at his game log <laughs> and uh, see that minus two and a half and just you know immediately click the X button on him. But yeah, I think he's. I mentioned earlier, I think Cincinnati's still a team that I want to have exposure against. So he's you know he fits the mold perfectly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he's he's the reason why I'm not looking at memo and if I'm playing Rusevich in. Uh, Fabian, then there's no reason for me to have to decide on one of the Columbus guys.
2: Right. I think I think the thing for Memo for me, I mean, you're right in that Fabian gets the nod there if it's, like, between anybody in that price range. But, um, I don't know, Memo's, uh, if, especially if Tomas Martinez is out of the lineup, if Romo Kyoto is ruled out. Yep. Ever, then, you know, Memo's got a – you know, he's got a pretty good floor. I mean, he takes – I think he actually split set pieces last game with uh, Lundqvist. Yeah. Uh, which I guess we can talk about when we get the defenders. But, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um now I mean I like Memo here. I think he's probably going to go under owned just cuz his price is usually a lot less than than what it is on this slate, but um there's there's definitely some good midfielders in this batch here. Julian Gressel at
1: 7100. Uh I would ne- I'm never playing him at 7100
2: not going there he might be uh depending on I guess I guess it could be uh barco but I mean he could be on set pieces with pity Martinez out of the
1: mix now mm. yeah I love barco too
2: <laughs> I'm sure you do <laughs> what's his price on this slate? he's he's fairly cheap
1: 6400 mm-hmm. uh, I mean like 4200 I'm not sure I'm pl- playing barco <laughs> uh yeah he's been in- He's been pretty bad other than that goal. Ugh. For those, I mean, obviously nobody knows because that whole conversation happened in in our own chat, but I can't stand Barco. I think he's horrible, and Skyler keeps telling me he's good, and I I can't do it. I can't do it.
2: I saw some, I saw some glimpses in preseason, I guess you could say, that actually, and, and not just preseason, but CONCACAF Champions League, where, yeah, I mean, he looked like a different player than last season, but it didn't, Maybe it hasn't carried over into regular season yet. So uh, I, I I get it. I think if you I think if he played
1: if he played for anybody else, we wouldn't even be talking about him. You think? Yeah. Yep. Uh, That's how I feel about him. I could be wrong. But I just yeah. I have no I have no interest in trying to roster him. I played Dylan Serna in a midfield spot before I play Barker. <laughs> That's fair.
2: Ugh. Go back to Rangui's at uh,
1: forty three hundred. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't mind the Dallas guys. Although we skipped one guy that in this back in this uh, Vancouver game, Beyond is now fifty one hundred, and yeah. still seems like he's like two thousand too cheap.
2: Yeah, his price is creeping up, but I'd i still roll him out. And I'd, I'm actually he's a guy that I have um, ranked fairly high. In my season long ranking has I think I've got him as fifteenth. Mm-hmm. This season, I mean, I was—I um, think I had him at like 20th, and I just the more that I looked at this game, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I mean, I feel like he's on the verge of a breakout game, mm-hmm. and um, he's been really solid even without the goals and assists. I mean, he's—he had 10 crosses last game, two shots, and with uh, 12 and a half points. And yeah, you throw in some goals and assists there, then I think he's I think he's definitely on the brink of a, a big game, and I want to be I want to have exposure to him when, he, when we hit that. So um, this, like I said, I think this game has goals in it, and I think he could be involved. So even without, I mean, it feels like he's he's stood over some set pieces, maybe not corner kicks and that kind of thing, but
1: um, pretty much everything he takes takes away from Jordy Reyna too. Which if you don't like yordi reyna and want a reason to like or want an avenue to like get paid off for not liking him in is the way to go
2: yeah he's got open play value and so actually i take that back In had um he had he had a ton of
1: uh free kicks
2: nine yeah he had nine corners last game mm-hmm. so um the first couple of games it was mostly all yordi reyna and yeah maybe that's why uh maybe that's why uh Raina flopped in my lineup a couple weeks ago. There so. you go. But I had ex- I had I had exposure to MBM at that price too. So um but yeah, nine corners. I mean, yeah, this guy is definitely somebody that I'm I'm uh going to have exposure to. I mean, daily fantasy, probably season long. I mean, he's I feel like he's still flying under the radar. Yeah. So agreed. Uh, love him this week.
1: Yeah. I like him a lot more than the Dallas guys who are right below it, mostly cuz then I don't have to figure out which Dallas guy to have. The same thing as the Columbus ones. Like, I appreciate if there's somebody else in the range, so I don't have to make the decision.
2: Right. I mean, it's and it's not like he has... It's weird how his price was... Uh, what was it? It was 3700 and then it went back down to 3200
4: mm-hmm.
2: even after, you know, a couple of good games. And so now, yeah, it feels like a $2,000 price bump is a lot, but when you look at the output, it's, you know, that's... I mean, you'd pay... We'd pay like what, we, what we're talking about for Fabian, seventy four hundred, whatever. We'd probably pay that much for somebody with this kind of production.
1: Yeah, yep. Um, any interest in Madunianing at this price, forty
2: six hundred? No, not Um Couple, uh, couple players up though. Kenny Saif, five thousand looks attractive. Yep. Um, he, he had a pretty big game. First start for Cincinnati last game and maybe it's a little bit of recency bias but um i mean he he made a difference in the attack i mean granted it was against new england who just looked absolutely awful yeah. the start of the season um but i mean if you're buying into the cincinnati narrative playing at home um anybody that saw their first game i mean they they showed out i mean they their place was packed everybody's going nuts um, and the team showed up. It was like they fed off the energy. So, if Saez gets the start for five thousand, he's you know he's not quite as uh, safe as uh, um, no pun intended there for real. I just mm-hmm. uh, he's not quite safe as uh, some of the other guys on the slate, but he's he packs you know packs some punch for five thousand.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll give that, but I still probably stay away. I mean, would you play him over in Beyond?
2: I mean, not in cash. I, like, I'd probably play Scythe and uh, some GPP builds, mm-hmm. but I think in the cash play in that price range for sure.
1: Okay. All right. Um, are you touching any yeah, of the Colorado guys like Jack Price or Failhaber or Acosta or those are probably the three of them?
2: Uh, it's so hard to uh, put a Colorado guy in my lineup and still got <laughs> it.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, Price, Price took all the set Price pieces a, last week, yeah.
2: Yeah, and he still ended up with six and a half points, but <laughs> maybe, with, maybe with Bell Haber back, um, he eats into some of that.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I think Bell Haber was out with the flu last game, so you yeah. imagine he's probably back. Um, I don't know, man, It's that's a tough, tough one for me. I mean, they're at home, but I just I can't I don't know price at thirty four hundred does open up a lot. Yep. Like if if you if you could tell me that he's gonna stand over all their set pieces again, then um, I'd feel a lot better about Ross for him. But I don't know Phil Hobber. You know if he uh what he what his share of set pieces was before he sat out. It was like I try to take a quick look.
1: I have the there's a cheat sheet up that has them, but it, I mean it's uh, not. Like he hasn't had more than four set pieces in a game and right. like if, then, this isn't the game they're yeah, going to get when, 12.
2: I mean, they had eight against uh, Dallas, which is at Dallas, which is a little bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But yeah, I mean, looking at it, when, when Failhaber and Price are both in the lineup, then Price had zero. Yeah. So
1: it yeah, seems like I Acosta definitely, definitely has close to none.
2: Yeah, he's fallen off. Yeah. Um, Mesquite is taking a couple here and there. And, I mean, even Cern has had one. Um, it just sits all over the place. I can't i can't do it with
1: Colorado. Yeah. All right. Good. Good, because I'm feeling the same. I mean,
2: unless, unless Bellhopper's ruled out again for some reason. And that might be the only scenario that I'm like, if I need that cheap $3,400 play that we've kind of been leaning on, you know, up, up until this point. Right. Um I don't know. I could, I could maybe see myself going there just depending on how that lineup shakes out. But in general, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say I'll probably stay away. So.
1: Yeah. I'm going to really hope that I don't have to end up there. That's how I feel about it. Um yeah. Anyone cheaper that we're looking, that you're looking at. Let's
2: see here. looking at the bottom of the barrel.
1: Yeah. Literally.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Throwing to Nagby down there no
1: yeah there's really nah. nobody nobody i have any interest in
2: yeah i don't i don't see anybody that jumps out like the uh the old espinoza play that we've been exactly exactly picking The low-hanging fruit in the past <laughs> <East Coast. laughs>
1: uh so in the defender side the i'm i'm actually embarrassed because um you mentioned Lundquist before who at forty nine hundred, like if he ends up with set pieces for Houston, I'm I'm all into paying forty nine hundred for him. Do you know who the other guy I looked at and thought that's actually a pretty good price?
2: Take a quick glance at it. Let's
1: see. He's a podcast favorite. Oh. Shea. Breckshay there yeah. you were right Shea. Uh, yeah it's so
2: so tough going back there though <laughs> I mean I guess maybe with pity with pity out of the mix and maybe he's carrying more of the attacking load if you want to look at it like that but I don't know is he uh is he on any set pieces for Atlanta
1: no but I, I still I I, even I mean if he was on set pieces I guess you really have to think about it but it was just like I saw that and I'm like 4800 that's not so bad. And I'm like, what am I doing? Don't do this. Yeah.
2: yeah. Even, I mean, even the, uh, one of the big Shea advocates here, when you said that, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's actually some really good defenders on the slate. Yeah, there are, um, a couple of kind of under the radar guys too. this, um, Ali Adnan. I think he might, um, make his Vancouver debut. Mm. Um, I've heard some pretty good things about him kind of, um, like an attacking back, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, he might be, might, might fit the mold of a crossing back that we like to play. And
1: you need to go back to Ryan Hollingshead uh, well.
2: I mean, I like Hollingshead. I feel like he's just from watching Dallas play, like he's getting up in, up, up in the attack. He had a goal this last game. Um, I mean, it feels like he's, you know, when Dallas are attacking on the opposite wing, like he's, making sure to get himself in the box and that's what you want um when you're playing fantasy contest so yeah or from your fantasy defender i guess you'd say um, obviously like the crosses and whatnot are nice but when you got, got a guy that's got let's see he's taking a shot in every game he had three this last game two on goal before his goal he actually missed um, what most people would say was a sitter yep he was on the on the doorstep and uh I had him in my lineup. So I was kind of I was like, man, that, <laughs> was, that was why I had him and he didn't score. And then um, went out to eat Mexican with the family and looked down at my phone. There was my Hollingshead goal. So there it is. It worked out, but um, he's the type of guy, I mean, that slate, it just, it, it kind of felt like it was uh what was there like three games on that slate and there wasn't a ton of great defender options. So he's the type of guy that just kind of falls in my lineup when I mean, it just it, if he fits that kind of thing, I feel like on this slate, there's probably other ways to go. Even um, looking down at like Brad Smith,
4: mm-hmm.
2: or I guess one hundred bucks more for Brad Smith, I and mean, he's he's a little bit more of a high volume crosser than Hollingshead is. Yeah, um, sure. Hollingshead's getting more shots off, but um, I don't know. We talked about wanting to have exposure to this Vancouver Seattle game, so. Smith is probably, probably would get um, the bump for me over Hollingshead. Mm
4: hmm.
2: Then Leardom, he's, uh, he's, he was quiet last game, but I mean, he's still kind of um, getting forward into the box too, and he's, he's getting opportunities. So, um, he's not quite as much of a crosser as Smith. I, th- I think Smith has a safer floor, but maybe Leardom has got that, that bigger goal upside if you want that in your
1: lineup. Mm hmm. I like that. Um, yeah I feel like literally at every price point there are a few guys where you can make kind of a case for rostering enema like even like below that you get to the, some of the dallas guys um even Rosenberry's been okay lately, not that you want like a ton of Colorado exposure, but um yeah I don't know, and then kind of the further down you go um we still haven't gotten our Ray Gaddis goal yet, so that's coming soon. I don't know if it is. <laughs> I
2: think Tommy Smith's more likely to score another goal. Uh,
1: Gaddis should try to take defense. one shot before we really start. Uh, although I believe, speaking of uh, defender goals, though, you were um, looking for Golden Boot odds on Gaston Sorrow. Um, yeah, he's up there. So if you want to, if you want to double down and grab him this week, it's only thirty three hundred.
2: Nah, I think I'd, I'd save the two hundred bucks and go with uh, Kendall Watson if Ooh. he's back from international duty.
1: I like it. I like it. Where is he?
2: Where he going? His he debut. Thirty one. Thirty one
1: hundred. Wow. Hmm.
2: Yeah, and um, I mean, I've always liked Watson. He's he's the type of defender that you know you want in your lineup on set pieces. I mean, if you're ever going to play a center back, then I think Watson's the guy. I mean, obviously you're putting yourself a little bit at risk for a, a yellow card or even a red card. <laughs> uh, but you got to, you got to weigh the, you know, the good with the bad. And he's the type of guy that always getting up on set pieces. And we have seen it in the past, like when he was with Vancouver, like when they're down a goal, they'll even just stick them up top and just let them, uh, just let them bang bodies and, and go at it. So mm-hmm. um, I love him as a center back play. If you really want to go there and, and save some money. And if you're, uh, if you're still, you know, Feel like since he's going to be feeding off the the narrative, uh, the strong start to the season, then I think he's a good play. I do. I did see something where he, I think he came uh, came off early Costa Rica's game over the international break. I think he came off in like the 78th minute. From what I saw, it was like precautionary. He might have been cramping. He had some ice on his calf after the game, so um, I think he's back. But I guess you know, something to be wary of.
1: Okay. Okay. Um. We miss anybody worth worth talking about? Uh, I, don't
2: I think mean, so. the, talking about the same game, Depl- the I don't know how you pronounce it. The plane, the mm-hmm. plane, maybe. The yeah. De, plane. Um, he's put up some uh, couple of back-to-back games that are pretty good and scored in since his debut or home opener.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So he's in the conversation. Um, let's see. Lundqvist at forty nine hundred. I mean, yeah. Anytime you got a uh, guy that's got a share of corner kicks playing, you know, in your defender slot, and that it always just you know it just feels right. So yeah, um, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't blown it out of the water or anything. I mean, he's had some pretty consistent performances those six, six and nine. So um, I'd like going back with him again if he's you know if if we see that like Thomas Martinez is out again and Kyoto is out again then. That definitely helps, uh, helps one kiss upside.
1: For sure, for sure. Uh, goalkeeper? Paying up?
2: Go the old uh, Jordan Cooper play.
1: play.
2: who you want. <laughs> um, paying up. I mean, if we're paying up, Joe Bendick. Uh, I like paying, I like saying I'm paying up for Zach Steffen a lot better than saying I'm paying right? up for Joe. <laughs> uh,
1: but you don't see the most expensive... Is, uh, the most expensive goalkeeper have a negative fantasy point average.
2: Right. Yeah, that's pretty bad. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It's, it's up in the air. I've I've seen some reports that Stefan's back in training, but he's, you know, he's still questionable. I've seen some quotes that, you know, kind of along the lines of like, um, he's getting close to returning, which almost makes me feel like they're going to hold him out again, Mm -hmm. another game. So Mm -hmm. in my rankings, I actually, um, I put Bendick there because it felt like the safer play. Um, and he's, he's cheaper and season long, which helps.
4: Yeah. doesn't help
2: on DraftKings. But, um, yeah, I mean, and again, it's like, it's tough for me to say, like, let's just, you know, lock button the goalkeeper against Atlanta's attack because as bad as Atlanta's looks, like, we also know how good they can be. And uh, I'm not discounting them you know, going to Columbus and scoring a couple of goals. So, um, I don't mind saving with keeper on the slate.
1: All huh? right.
2: Um, let's see, Going down the list.
1: Blake, I, Blake jumped out at me.
2: Yeah. Blake looks good. I mean, even Guzan at 4,400. No, I mean, no, 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 no. It's, it's a risky venture, but, um, Jesse Gonzalez, I mean, he probably is going to be facing multiple shots.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Cynthia's keeper is pretty good price for a homekeeper yeah, yeah, you know you save a few hundred, I guess, compared to the crew uh, keeper Nick Ramondo. Right. I feels a little bit too expensive on the road. Um, I actually don't mind playing. Wouldn't mind playing a uh, crepo here, Vancouver's keeper, because he's going to face a ton of shots. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he's at home.
1: Forty-seven. I hope they don't all go in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, keeper is tough on this slate, man. It's, it's kind of like Jordan said. I mean, play who you want. I don't really have a hot take either way or another. Like, I think maybe, maybe saying, uh, if you just want to go all the way down to like Blake or Guzan, I think would be fine.
1: Mm-hmm. I would go Blake.
2: Maybe, yeah, maybe Blake over Guzan, but
1: um... there's never a, sh- a situation where I want to play Guzan. Never.
2: <laughs> I've had yeah, I've had too much exposure to him already. I've already been been stung a couple times.
1: Yeah, uh, hard. The
2: beats. matchups. Yeah, the matchups have been at home against Cincinnati and Philly, and of course the only like the only shots in both games he's let in. Right. <laughs> what was that yeah, exactly? Well, yeah. What was that goal that he let in against uh, Philadelphia? Philadelphia. Yeah. Like,
1: the Cincinnati so was just right as bad.
2: Out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably off him. Blake's the guy in that range. There you go. Uh, anything else? Ah, I think that's it. I mean, maybe uh, play Wando on the showdown slate later
1: mm. tonight. Yeah,
2: LASD yeah. San Jose. Got to get the Got to get the Wando shout in.
1: There it is. Last uh, Last ditch opportunity to get the Wando shout. Uh, if anybody buying the record this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a new thing that Skylar said. That's not a recording that we just keep playing every single day, every single podcast. But
2: I gotta um, say it until it happens. A new and California classic. That
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, if anybody has any follow-up questions or wants to shout Skylar out on Twitter because of the Wando call, you can find them there at DraftKicks. Uh, I am at RotoWire Andrew. We're also pretty active in the RotoWire Discord, which is available for all subscribers. If you'd like to get in, just go to rotowire.com slash chat, and it's right there. So, Skylar, thank you for all that, and good luck this weekend.
2: Yep, Good luck, guys.
3: Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.